0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we ask the question, what's the best Nintendo game of the decade and why is it pocket card jockey? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm feeling cool,
1: mm. calm, and collected. Sure. Which is interesting for, we've set ourselves with, like, a huge task. Yes. But it feels not as monumental as some of the other things. Like, this one feels much more straightforward y- yes. than some of the other tasks that we've laid out for ourselves right
0: as i alluded to up front we are determining what is the single best nintendo game of the decade uh when we'll get to what that actual process will be in a second but first i guess some housekeeping uh sonic forces my copy of it you know you want to borrow it it's for the nintendo switch all you gotta do is write to us uh email us at nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com and give us a physical mailing address where we can send the thing. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. It costs you nothing, nothing. Uh, so do that, do that, do that. Mark, we've got some listener emails that you and I uh, need to attend to here. Um, first email we got here is from Turner. Uh, Turner writes, um. Hey Patrick and Mark, I've been listening to The Shock and Awe over the last over last week's discovery that the Mario brothers are in fact twins. But as surprising as this may be to learn now, the truth is we've known about this fact since 1995 when a little game called Yoshi's Island hit the scene. Uh, in the prologue, the game sets the stage. We learn that a stork is flying through the pre-dawn sky, supporting a pair of twins in its bill, That uh, until that sneaky Kamek f- flies through the air uh, to try and snatch them both. Kamek escapes with the baby Luigi, while baby Mario plummets to the ocean sea below. Oh no! Uh, but then baby Mario is saved when he lands on uns- unsuspecting Yoshi's uh, below on Yoshi's Island. Skipping ahead a little bit here. Uh, sorry to douse water on the uproar that this news brought on, but it does in fact appear that the Mario twin brothers are indeed a real thing. Hope the cries of a baby Mario lull your minds at e- to ease. Turner. Uh, and I know that this was also brought to our attention on Twitter. Um, who who was it that uh, shouted us out on, on Twitter? Do you have um, right Paul
1: uh, yeah. at Paul C.
0: Pace. Great. So, uh, uh, yes, I I guess um, if we are to believe that being delivered by a stork at the same time means that uh, babies are twins. I I mean, remember uh, uh, when we were talking about it, I was like, does this make you think too much about the uh, Mario Brothers
1: biology? Yeah, are you soothed by the fact that... um they're delivered by storks.
0: No, because that just raises more questions for me about what the role of storks are in this universe. This is the only time we've ever seen a stork in Mario, right? <laughs> the whole thing upsets me. <laughs> I don't know how much more I can talk about it. Um so thankfully uh thank you Turner and, and and thank you Paul. Um it is uh right for both of you to point this out to us. Um but we got another email from uh Daniel Daniel writes, "Hi Mark and Patrick, uh, the, the global new year is sure off to a bad start, so, I hope, uh, so I'm hoping you're having a happier local new year, uh, and I have a favor to ask of you. Uh, my sister knew it would take me 10 years to buy a Switch if, I left, if left my own devices. I literally bought the 3DS last year, so she got me a light and a bunch of games for Christmas. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, obviously, this is the best thing that has ever happened, but my backlog is now officially a disaster. Can you definitively rank it for me? I would be delighted. Okay, so the backlog includes both Switch and 3DS games. Do you want to uh, rank them separately or do you want to zipper them both together?
1: I think we got to zipper them both together.
0: Okay, well then uh, buckle up because I think we got like 10 games here. Okay, <laughs> we great, have to definitively great. rank. Okay, so uh, on the Switch, it's Breath of the Wild, Octopath Traveler, Link's Awakening, and Cadence of Hyrule. Um, and also uh, Stardew Valley followed up in another email. to say, oh, and Stardew Valley as well. <laughs> um, and then on the 3DS, uh, the original Phoenix Wright trilogy, uh, Mario 3D Land, Paper Mario Sticker Star, A Link Between Worlds, and Bowser's Inside Story. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to go ahead and say bottom of the list has got to be uh, Bowser's Inside Story, Mario Sticker Star. Uh,
1: just those two for sure. Bottom of the list. For yeah. Me. Um, top of the list. Do you want me to run them down again? Well, top of the list for me, what I would put as number one is um, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Because I think that's, like, the defining experience uh, for Nintendo of this generation of, like, the Switch. Um, So, yes. And then close second for me personally would be Stardew Valley, which I think Mm -hmm. you could play simultaneously as you're playing another game. Um, For me, Stardew Valley was a great game to just, like, pop into do what i needed to do for a couple of in-game days and then pop out to something else. And so i i, I think that can be a complimentary experience.
0: Yeah. Um it's also it's interesting to me that both uh, Link Between Worlds and Link's Awakening are on on these lists um because to me those are both great like shorter pellet cleanser kind of games, mm-hmm. especially when the rest of the games you're looking at here are Breath of the Wild, Octopath Traveler, <laughs> you know, like those those are some long experiences. Um but okay. Let's let's try to do a, a definitive ranking here. So number one with a bullet, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I will concede that. Yeah, number two probably should be um, Stardew Valley. Um, and then I think a lot of the 3DS games are going to be at, like at the bottom
1: of the list for me, other than. Link Between Worlds.
0: Yeah, which may actually be number three.
1: Yeah, except maybe we want to break up, like, the Zelda experiences. But as far as, like, mm, just for his own sanity, but as far as, like, gaming experiences go, I think I would put it third. Well, here's the thing. There are four Zelda games on here. <laughs> Breath of the Wild, Link's Awakening,
0: Cadence of Hyrule, and uh, Link Between Worlds. So, so Cadence
1: of Hyrule, to me, uh, having not played it, I'm yep. going to put it towards the bottom of the list. Yeah, I, I think that's right, probably at uh, number eight. Yeah, right? and and o- Octopath Traveler feels very uh like middle of the list. To uh, me.
0: yeah, I would I would put that at number 4. I know you're going to put um uh Phoenix Wright uh, probably higher on the list than I would. Um mm-hmm. and I'll mm-hmm. probably put Mario 3D Land a little bit higher on the list than you would.
1: But I think we should put uh um Phoenix Wright below 3D Land. Okay. Okay, so
0: here's what I think the list is. Number 1 is Breath of the Wild, number 2 is Stardew Valley. Number 3 is uh link between worlds link between worlds. Um we still don't have uh links awakening uh like in here solidly, but I think
1: number 4 is probably Octopath Traveler. Yeah. I'm actually go I yeah. I'm actually going to say that uh Super Mario 3D Land should go mm-hmm. next and then Ace Attorney and then Octopath Traveler because um I like I like Octopath Traveler a lot, but I feel like uh, these are just better experiences. They're just different experiences, right? And you've probably played a game like Octopath Traveler before. Sure.
0: And where do you put Link's Awakening? Because, uh, I mean, I kind of put Link's Awakening, like, right under uh, Link Between Worlds. And I know that's putting four Zelda games in
1: the—or er, three Zelda games in the top four. I would actually recommend that, you know, if, like, you haven't played any of these games before— I would have Link's Awakening lower and have somebody experience sure. shows like, other types of games before another Zelda game. Now,
0: just point of order, we are not being asked yeah. to program the next couple months of his life. We are just definitively ranking these games.
1: Oh. Well, we're too far down the road <laughs> that I've been going <laughs> yeah, sure. to back out now.
0: Uh, so, whatever we said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's, All right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Breath of the Wild first. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, then Stardew Valley and then uh, Link, Between, Link Worlds. Between Worlds,
1: and then Super Mario the 3D, 3D Land. Land, and then Phoenix, right. Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, and then uh, I'm going to say Octopath Traveler, and then Link's
0: Awakening, yes. and then uh, Cadence, Cadence of Hyrule, and then uh,
1: Sticker Star and Bowser's Inside Story, in that order. We both programmed this person's next few months. <laughs> And definitively rank them. <laughs> I think
0: so. Thank, thank you, Daniel, for writing uh, in
1: with that. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, and
0: if anyone else just wants to give us a random list of ten games and wants us to uh, rank them definitively, I really,
1: honestly, just give us a random list of anything, and that's true, it'll become a four thirty three.
0: Uh, hey, speaking <laughs> speaking of that exact practice, um, let's determine the best video, the best Nintendo game of the last decade. Okay, so you said earlier that this was maybe an easy task.
1: I think it's or easier just because it's more
0: straightforward. Yeah. Um, so wh- what we're going to try to do here is we're each going to bring five Nintendo games that we think are the best
1: Nintendo games of the decade. Right. So we'll at the end, we'll have a list of ten. Yes. The one, so if... Uh, I have a game that's on Patrick's list, or Patrick has a game that's on my list. We both have backups. Yes, we have backups. That way, we have ten unique games going into the end.
0: Now, I fully suspect that once we get our list of ten games,
1: I will want to talk about more Nintendo games. Yeah, I'm wondering if we should start with our runners up, Mm, runners, runner ups, runners runners up. up. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Um. So I I have it sort of broken into three categories: my top five, my backups. And honorable mentions. Yeah. So I'm happy to uh, run through our honorable mentions real fast. Yeah. Oh, that's I mean, a good if, point. If, if you know what
1: you're not going to. Yes, I understand what you're saying. Um, I can do honorable mentions. I don't have my broken up that way, but I can do honorable mentions in the sense that I have some games that are not published by Nintendo. Oh, okay. Interesting. That um, I included in my list. So, um, yes. Okay. Let's uh, do that.
0: Uh, well, let's let us hear
1: you're not published by Nintendo uh games okay cool so um i'm gonna start with doom from 2016 interesting that showed up on switch i uh, this generation like this decade when we're looking at it is such like an oh kind of like weird time for me personally with gaming um at the start of it i was on the tail end of the ds wii era yep and um i bought a 3ds not at launch like a couple years after launch but otherwise, I was kind of on a sabbatical from gaming. I didn't really play other than my PS3. Definitely a sabbatical from, like, Nintendo gaming. Well, and I almost feel like Nintendo was on a sabbatical from N-
0: Nintendo gaming, right? Like- <laughs> right. But, like,
1: I missed out on a lot of, like, the games on the Wii U when they were happening. Yeah. Um. Again, like, most everyone did. <laughs> and a lot of games, like, on the 3DS initially. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not play any of Super Mario 3D Land until uh, this past year. Yeah. Um. But one of the things that was interesting when I was looking at like all the games that had been released in those ten years is, um, I feel like I fell out of love with certain genres and then like refell in love with them. And Doom for me was like me falling in love again with first person shooters. I loved. I was surprised how much I loved Doom twenty sixteen. Yeah, uh, really loved that game. Also, I have on here Epic Mickey for the Wii. Sure, from twenty ten. Yeah, which is one that is not actually a great game. It's a fine game, but it's not amazing. It's definitely not, I feel like, what it could have been or what they originally, you know, wanted it to be. But it
0: is still, like, a weirdly ambitious, like, just considering the amount of content that is in there and, like, the number of things that it would, like, you know, it's it's sort of like a Kingdom Hearts, but just Mickey. Yeah, you know totally. I mean?
1: And for, like, a big Disney nerd like myself, it I found it really interesting, if nothing else. Yeah,
0: man, we need a, an Epic Mickey 2020, right?
1: Yeah, yes. Um, and then I have Katamari Damacy Reroll. Uh, I've talked about this game before. It, again, it was my introduction to Katamari Damacy, but it doesn't feel, one, it's not Nintendo published, but two, it just doesn't feel right to put a game like that. You well, know, if, on, if, like, if you the recall, the
0: our listener Jason already uh, gave us crap for putting that Katamari <laughs> Damacy uh, song on our best Nintendo
1: music uh, tournament. Um, and not just putting it on there, but it, it got it very into the far. Finals. <laughs> it got very far. Um, uh, and then finally, so this was on my list of top five of the decade, but because it's not Nintendo published, I had to take it off. And that is Ghost Trick Phantom Detective for the Nintendo DS uh. from 2010. Um, a very like weird specific game that is doing its own thing on its own rhythm. With its own, like, sense of humor and sense of place, it's your play is like, this guy who is dead. And so, you're now a ghost and it's, like, a puzzle game where you're sending, like, waves of electricity through, like, rooms. So, you can try to, you know, like, manipulate NPCs to do certain things to, like, get past the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. But it's so delightful and it's so self assured and it bombed so hard, uh but it's such a really it's a really, really cool game that I really loved and wanted to make sure to shout it out in some capacity uh
0: okay, cool so then uh i'll I'll mention my um honorable mentions that uh, and there's one that I have on my honorable mentions that I'm not going to bring up right now because I think it's possible that it ends up actually in our conversation um but these are games that uh well, I love and that I think are very important. Don't really like fit the bill, uh, for whatever reason, uh, for game of the decade. First, of course, it's got to be Tetris 99, baby. Um, I looked at my total gameplay time on that recently because the Switch will keep track of those things for you. 285 hours. Wow. Uh, yeah, two. And the game's been out for less than a year, so like, do the math. I've played an average of 45 minutes of <laughs> of, of Tetris 99 a day uh, since the game it came out. Since the day it came out. Um, So, uh, a wonderful game, but, like, obviously of, uh, you know, limited, um, you you can use it to play Tetris, and, like, Tetris Surprise is still a great game uh, 30 years later. Um, uh, Also on this list, Super Mario Run. I loved actually playing Super Mario Run for whatever problems they had like making the money back that they uh that they wanted to um from its uh, like pricing structure. Um like the actual moment to moment gameplay I loved and the Toad Rally I played Toad Rally for months after that came out. Um it was like the quintessential like just keep playing uh just try for a better score just collect more toads just keep building it out I loved Super Mario run but it doesn't you know it doesn't It would feel disingenuous to actually nominate it as one of the best games in um, the decade mm-hmm. you know um also on this list the original super mario maker on the wii u um which i think i don't know that i do i consider it a better game than super mario maker 2 not really but i think the sort of like scene around the original mario maker
1: is more significant than the scene around Mario Maker 2. I think one, one of the things that Mario Maker, the original, had going for it is just that it was the first of its kind. Yes. Um, and so the sequel, I think, made a lot of quality of life improvements, but it can never recapture like the joy of discovery in the first one.
0: Yeah. Well, and like there's no escaping that Super Mario Maker 2, for all of its improvements, still feels like it's missing something um, like knowing that it says more game styles and there's just one in there, you're like, well, okay, where's the rest of that? The fact that it doesn't have um like the ability to make a world that is like multiple Mario levels connected, the fact that as I'm making a level I still feel a little bit constrained by how long it can be. Like, you know, it it should and this is you know should, you know, whatever. Um, but like if it were like a fully realized new Mario Maker experience um I wouldn't be seeing the edges of it like that as mm-hmm. as readily as I do um but the, the uh, original Super Mario Maker is a phenomenon and it's incredible um uh, and then uh Metroid Samus Returns on the on the 3DS another game that I loved and like committed myself to 100%ing and like I I'm, I don't do that with games I don't 100% games I 100%ed uh M- Metroid Samus Returns part of that I know is my affinity for Metroid the Return of Samus on the Game Boy which this game is a remake of um and like that's a game that I loved as a kid but was never really able to revisit cuz like trying to replay that game now is impossible right Samus's sprite is so big there's no map and the whole thing is like these clumsy battles with Metroids uh and they improved all of that downside of course is that it's on the 3ds in the like 3ds is no longer relevant era um and is also in you know just revealed by the fact that i was able to 100 in about a week not a huge experience um and then my last honorable mention we uh mentioned it before is pocket card jockey uh and this is a game where you race horses by playing solitaire um And it's a a wonderful game. feels more like a time waster than anything else. And I guess uh, that's the theme of a lot of my honorable mentions. Um, Tetris 99, Mario Run, and Pocket Card Jockey are all wonderful time wasters. uh, But maybe a little more than that. Uh, Okay, Mark, are you ready? Yeah, let's get into it. Um, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Um,
1: you know what? I'll let you go first.
0: Okay, so the first on my list is also the first chronologically that I have here. It is a Wii game from 2010, Super Mario Galaxy 2.
1: Also first on my list.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, okay, let's talk about Super Mario Galaxy 2. Uh this game's amazing. It took the uh the premise of the original Mario Galaxy and just like the premise had been established and instead of uh having to invent something wholly new for Mario they just perfected it over and over again for hundreds of levels
1: yeah it feels very much like exactly what they said it did when it was revealed where they were like we just had too many ideas yeah. for Super Mario Galaxy so we had to make another game before moving on from it
0: um i uh you know I played it when it came out and like demolished it, got like so far uh, and the, so many of the, when you collect all the stars, uh, you get another another complete set of stars to collect um, in all the previous levels. So the game is its own like baked, well, it's already like a super sequel to the original galaxy. It is also its own sequel in and of itself. Um, so collected all of that. Anyway, uh, today I was like, I just want to make sure Right like I have wonderful memories of this game, but i want I want play it, so I fired up the old Wii U uh, and put the Wii disk in, and you know struggled with my Wii remotes and was like, oh man, standard definition, uh you know, all, all the sort of like sticker shock that you not real sticker shock, but all the kind of uh time travel shock of playing a game from ten years ago um uh and that all wore off immediately when I started running around and jumping around tiny planets uh and just having an awesome time collecting
1: stars so i I really appreciate Super Mario Odyssey and Super Mario 64, but the Mario of my heart is course-based Mario, and I think that Galaxy 2 is kind of like the perfection of that formula.
0: Totally. It also does the uh, this, the sort of thing that, um, like, one of the joys of Mario is, uh, like, secrets and that, like, there's discovery even within like a course-based format, um, and Mario Galaxy Two does this so well that there's, you know, always like one or two little things as you're like making your way towards the goal, where you're like, wait, what about right over there? Like, what if I just go over there, um, and then like you're rewarded with, you know, a, another star or like one of the comet medals or whatever. The game is so good at like doling out reward for just just going off the beaten path, but also the path itself is awesome yeah and it's just super fun and the music rules in this game and like man it's if they were if Nintendo were to announce a Super Mario Galaxy 3
1: I would lose my mind. <laughs> I would love it I mean honestly I would love them to just put it on the switch totally I don't know how you would do that necessarily because I want one, one of the things that just praising the Galaxy games in general is it's such a smart and intuitive use of motion controls absolutely like I love the little flick Yes. To make Mario just go a little bit higher. Yep, um, uh, and
0: like just attack too. There, there's something about it that feels so much more natural than like using it to make Link swing his sword or, or you know whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, it it is just like a like you're just batting something away and then Mario just does it. Yeah. Um, and you know would I want them to do that with like the motion controls on the Switch? Uh, you know, not I really. Not really. Um, but like even the the pointer uh, controls to collect star bits or have the second player collect star bits and freeze enemies for you um, is a, a perfectly enjoyable way to like play you know like kind of passively, but still play it with the
1: the first player.: Yeah, oh man. Yes, such a good game. So I also have a Wii game. Mm-hmm. on my list and that is rhythm heaven fever oh baby from 2011 yes. so rhythm heaven is uh i was introduced to it with the ds entry and the wii entry is kind of like the last original one they had a warioware gold-esque rhythm rhythm heaven i can't remember what it's called like forever or something like that um Which was kind of like a compilation with a few extra new games on the 3DS. Yeah, here is a series I would love to see come back. But if Rhythm Heaven Fever is the final like all new entry, it is a wonderful, wonderful entry in that series. Like what a way to go out! I Rhythm Heaven is like my favorite uh rhythm game. It's just so fun. It's really cute. The games don't like wear out their welcome the music is amazing. It's weird, it's funny. Uh it's yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Um that that's a great pick. I've never really gotten
0: into the Rhythm Heaven games. Uh and I feel like I am hurting for
1: th- like the series to come back. I you know, know to, that to that's the thing it? is that like it's such a good series, but it basically just like stopped existing. Yeah. And I feel like the switch with its broad audience and like so many players Who are coming back to Nintendo platforms and are new to Nintendo platforms? It's like, it's it fills that thing that I feel like we're missing by not having a WarioWare game on there. Yes, one hundred percent. And it's like the it's such a fun party game. Like it really just like we just need it. We need a new rhythm heaven game.
0: Well, and like there there is something about that like. Kind of like quick, like twitchy party game that like is absent on Switch right now, especially from um like Nintendo first party, um like you say no WarioWare, no Rhythm Heaven, but also no like Nintendo Land too. Like there are a lot of experiences from Nintendo's past that aren't on Switch right now, and they feel like they should be. Yes. Um. So okay, here are our first two nominees. They are Super Mario Galaxy Two and Rhythm Heaven Fever, both Wii games. Yeah. Okay. Um now uh my, my next nomination is going to be Fire Emblem Awakening on the three D S. Uh I've had a wonderful time this year playing um Fire Emblem Three Houses, but my heart will always belong to Fire Emblem Awakening, um, which, you know, not only has uh the sort of time tested uh uh turn based uh combat that Fire Emblem is known for um but it does this amazing thing with uh the pairings uh and as you have characters rom- romancing each other um both through like story beats and like dialogue trees uh and actually like standing next to each other in battle um that you know raises their relationships um they have their children time travel from the future to the past to help you um, and so the, your character's stats and their relationships change based on who you have made their parents. That's cool. Um, so like the kids are already predetermined. Like they, they, they always have the same mothers, but their fathers could be anyone. Um, which is amazing to feel like you have that much control over, uh, just the total identities of these characters. Um, and it's something that happens through, you know, and it's like the thing that we praise fire Emblem three houses for that. Like, you are invested in the characters both in, like, a story way and in a gameplay way. Um, and I felt that on, like, a generational scale with uh, Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, just a just an awesome game.
1: Now, Fire Emblem Awakening, was that your first Fire Emblem That game? was my first Fire Emblem. Okay, yeah. so I, I have Fire Emblem Three Houses <laughs> on my list. Yes. And um, the reason I have it on here, and you could argue some of its recency bias, but for me, like... Uh, strategy RPGs, like Fire Emblem's genre, was something that I was not really interested in. I was like curious about Fire Emblem as a series because it was something I hadn't experienced. But even before this game came out, I was like hesitant yeah. to buy it. But one of the things that has been has been like so much fun, and I feel like is like the great joy for me of Fire Emblem Three Houses is like discovering my love of the game and like these characters. Because a lot of times, you know, like, when a game comes out, we're, like, really hyped for it. We're almost, like, already bought in on it. That was not the case for me with Three Houses. And, you know, I was playing initially. I mean, I still am playing on easy and casual. And, you know, in the beginning, I was just like auto battling through all the battles yeah and so the other thing that's been really fun is like discovering like the further we've gone on i've gotten like more and more hands-on yeah yeah i just really feel like i'm like learning to love a genre that i didn't really have interest in before um and like yeah i have loved everything about fire emblem three houses i think it's like a really amazing experience
0: i do think that um you know fire emblem as a series especially in the last certainly since awakening but probably you know going back further um is sort of a series that straddles you know multiple genres that it is uh turn-based strategy and also this like relationship sim almost um or like a, a social kind of game um and i think that um Fire Emblem 3 Houses is the first game like that the first game in the series to really embrace both uh, both ends of it maybe even the social aspect more right that like you can approach it even if you're like i don't know if turn-based strategy is for me mm-hmm. um and then slowly like introducing you and being like no maybe it is for you maybe you do really like yeah. it. yeah um so that's cool i love that we have two uh fire emblem <laughs> games <laughs> in our list of top 10 um is it my goat mm-hmm. now okay uh I'm going to skip this one and do th- okay. <clears throat> My next nomination is a little bit of a cheat. You could argue that it's three games. I'm nominating NES Remix Volume 1 and Volume 2 on the Wii U and NES Remix Ultimate on the 3DS. Uh so NES Remix was a series of games um that took uh, classic Nintendo games, and distilled them down to their bite-sized, wonderfully memorable moments, and just presented them as discrete challenges. So it would be something like, uh, you know, hop over this turtle in Super Mario Bros., and you would do just that one moment, and you'd quickly be graded on it, and then be given a new challenge. And it is everything that I wish the... it. it it it's what I like want to see in the NES Switch online, like uh repackaging old games in a way that makes them feel new and exciting. Um and because it, it's it's remix, you know, they'll they'll mess things, they'll put Link in uh, uh in a Mario game, they'll put uh you know, pit from Kid Icarus in Balloon Fight or whatever. They'll just mix these games together uh and just these like tiny little challenges. And uh, so it's, it's like a, a perfect, um, like, little museum of what Nintendo was uh, and, like, what Nintendo could be at its best. Um, like, uh, there are just so many games that you can get an awesome picture of everything that's good about them through the, like, 10 minutes that you're playing in it in NES Remix. I
1: wish so much that they would put these, like, the Wii U entries... On the Switch, even as part of like the uh, Nintendo Switch Online subscription service. Um, because I maybe played a little bit with you at your house, but for the most part, like I haven't experienced it. And every time that you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, that sounds amazing. It's it's so
0: super fun. And then you know, it grades you on like a scale of uh, zero to three stars. Um, and as you are uh, earning those stars and like collecting bits, then you get. And this was something that the the Wii U was very good at that um I'm a little bit bummed not to see on the Switch um but that it would give you stickers that you could use in Miiverse um and that like stickers were sort of this uh like meta game currency almost because you could also earn them in like Super Mario 3D World and like a couple other games
1: yeah um, it was kind of like they're like half answer to trophies or achievements and it's a perfect it's perfect yeah. i i am so bummed that they don't have that on
0: Switch Cause and you know, I guess if you're not like writing messages, there's no like application for them. But there's something cool about just looking at your sticker book and being like, "Look at all these stickers I yeah, got!" Yeah, totally. Um, it's super fun and super collecty and like just feels quintessentially Nintendo. Um, so uh, yeah, N- NES Remix uh, volumes one and two
1: or Ultimate <laughs> are all. I'm just putting it on there as one one game. All right. Um, next on my list is of course Nintendo Badge Arcade. Wait, for real? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the <laughs> rabbit is holding my family ransom. He said I, had I mean, to do that it. sounds like something the <laughs> rabbit would do. No, uh, my pick is... Excellent Don- troll, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. um, The platformer that I am- have enjoyed the most in the last probably like five years, for sure. I think it's like such a remarkable achievement of art in like the melding of music and... Uh, like art design and level design in a way that I don't think I've experienced in any other platformer save maybe a few like transcendent moments in Odyssey, like the um, uh, jump Jump up superstar sequence and everything. Uh, And yes, I do think the game gets less remarkable in the latter half, um, but like those first few worlds are so like, yeah, just like amazingly rendered and like a complete package that they're totally different, tonally very different, telling, like, such a great story. Plus, it's elaborating on all, like, the things we liked about Donkey Kong Country Returns, but, like, perfecting the formula. Um, And I really love the Switch version. That was the version I played. Because, you know, it adds... I didn't really use Funky Kong, but the game is notoriously difficult. Yes. And w- they've, like, rebalanced it with additional characters that you can play with that have additional abilities that kind of like and everybody has like an extra heart you know like they've just like done a bunch of things that for somebody like me who I don't want to grind against a game like this I just want to be able to like experience the world like it's so beautiful it's kind of a bummer for people who stopped early yeah it's a little bit the like
0: cuphead effect there right that like you know that the audiovisual pleasures of the game, uh, that, that the game, like, holds uh, are so great that, like, you want to grind against it, but also sometimes you just get frustrated. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, this uh, isn't on um, my list, but, like, yeah, it, it, w- what a great game, man. Uh, it's, it's so, so good, and I'm really glad they brought it over um, to, to Switch instead of letting it sit on the Wii U. Speaking of, my next entry... Is Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, um, and I'm going to call out here specifically the Wii U version um, because I know it has been ported to everything else since the uh, the Switch and the 3DS. Uh, but the Wii U uh, is like the perfect uh, use of the gamepad, um, and uh, it just it just makes the like puzzle solving, which is so based in just how you have the camera oriented and like where, like the game is all about positioning the camera between like Toad and uh, the thing that he's trying to get. And like all Toad can do is walk to it, right? Like it's his tool set is so limited and he's such a scaredy cat. <laughs> um It's, it's just, it's, it's just very, it's very simple and its pleasures are mostly in how adorable it is. Um, but like, I don't, it's, it's another, another game that I felt, um, compelled to get everything in it. And like, um, every challenge that the game presents is fun and doable
1: and adorable. Um, I love Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. So I have one more on my list and then we'll have to go to the, um, my like runners up. Sure. In order to determine. So, but I will nominate Breath of the Wild. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is also on my list. Um, It is just, like, the, I think, foundational game of the generation in the way that, like, Ocarina of Time was before. Um, The sense of discovery and exploration in that game is by far my favorite thing about it. And yeah. there's so much to love. But as soon as I had climbed all the towers and, and opened up the entire map, like... The game felt lesser to me. I still enjoyed it and played it all the way through and got like all of the um uh like temples, I'm believing what they're called right now. Yeah. Uh, shrines. The shrines. Yeah. And uh did all the DLC and all that kind of stuff. But it just wasn't the same. And uh I thought about like replaying it, but again, like already like knowing what's out there, I feel like some of the joy of replaying it is removed, and so that's why I'm really excited for the Sequel, and I'm hopeful yeah. that it takes place in a completely different Hyrule because I feel like it has to. Because I think z- Nintendo is also very aware that that I- like is what that game is. Is that is like the yeah, exploration? Yeah, totally.
0: Well, and, and you know, we th- there were so many like articles and like um, videos and stuff that came out uh, after Breath of the Wild um, that really broke down how the game is so good at um, guiding your eye and guiding curiosity. And uh, presenting you with all these uh, very natural like decision trees, where like you come to a, a, a natural fork in the road, and then your eye is drawn one direction, and you see something there. Your eye is drawn the other direction, and you see something there. Um, and the game is so good at rewarding you for every corner that you explore. There's something new to fight. There's something new. There's a new uh, weapon or a korok or you know like something. The game keeps
1: giving you stuff for uh, looking around. And, and and not just looking around, but like experimentation. Yes. One of my like absolutely favorite things about Breath of the Wild was just like the community around it mm-hmm. and the discussion around it and like uh, people discovering that you can do this thing or if you, there's like this weird thing in this area, if you are Link and you're not wearing a shirt and you stand on tables, people freak out. And yeah. it's just like all these like details that Nintendo put in the game that, Uh, I just love that sense of, like, I wonder if I can do this, and the answer in Breath of the Wild 99.9% of the time is is yes, yes. you can, and it has a surprisingly fun result.
0: Um, And, you know, for being as, like, uh, open and, like, based in its own physics as the game is, um, I mean, I'm sure people have broken the game, you know, to high heaven, but it ran, like, incredibly smoothly for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I it should be way buggier than it is, right? Like, you, you, at any time, you know, uh, an obvious point of comparison is, like, Skyrim. Um, but, like, the game is notoriously buggy and, like, you know, horses will be catapulted off into the space for, you know, no reason. Um, and uh, Zelda just feels like it is so much more, like, deliberate and, like, they wouldn't allow the illusion to be broken that way. You know what I mean? Right,
1: like, I feel like people have broken it in the sense that they have taken advantage of like the physics system. Sure. But um it's not like glitchy necessarily. Yeah. Or uh the other thing that I really like about it is the sense of growth that you feel. Like you come into the game and you you feel like powerless. You feel really weak mm-hmm. and you're trying to climb things, you don't have enough stamina and all that. And then by the end, you know, you're like climbing mountains no problem. Yeah. You have all these like awesome abilities. You can put um, on different outfits
0: that, you know, make the The volcano, which was so scary before that would just hurt you nonstop. Uh, You you don't need to worry about that. You can go into the frozen tundra and not worry about freezing
1: to death. But there are always some enemies in the game that can still kick your butt.
0: Oh, man. Uh, I mean, also, you know, Breath of the Wild is just, it's one of those games that, like, is going to be in our conversation about, like, the best game ever. So, of course, it's going (laughs) to. Totally. Yeah. Of course, it's going to be on our list of uh, top Nintendo games of the decade. Um all right, so now I'm gonna pull from my runner ups and I think I only get one pull on here to to add to the list since now I gotta decide which of these games I'm gonna put
1: in. It's hard. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, because I, I have this game on my list, but I didn't include it in my five. Um it's the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time three D. Okay. And um, I still don't think I want it to go in there for the same reason that, like, I wouldn't part put, like, Katamari Damacy or anything like that. Because it is... Because
0: Nintendo didn't make
1: it? Because <laughs> it, it is, like, you know, like, that experience already existed, right? This is just, like, a, like, refined version. And a much more refined version, I think it yeah. is, we've said before, like, the definitive way to play it. Um, but I just need your like agreement. That I, I, am, I should not go on. The I list. am going to
0: agree with that. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, in in that same breath, uh, the Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD are the definitive ways to play those games. Um, and the Majora's Mask, uh, 3D, um, they are great versions of uh these Zelda games. But yeah, I I don't
1: feel like they are uh. It the, seems not correct to have yeah, them in this conversation. Th- those
0: games belong to a different decade.
1: Even though I think it is one of the best games that I played this decade.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I think those are four
1: of the best games yeah. i played this decade. Um,
0: okay. I will next go with
1: The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds. This is great because it saves me from from having to choose it and having to choose it.
0: Um, we were just talking about this game earlier in the episode. Uh, th- thank you, Daniel. Um, but it is just a perfect... You know, a lot of these games, a lot of the games that I've mentioned uh, specifically have sort of a, a backwards look to them, right? Like um, NES Remix is giving you all these NES uh, experiences, again, in a different package. And in a lot of ways, a Link Between Worlds starts as a uh, a repackage of Link to the Past, right? Um, which is already one of my favorite games ever. So, like, it's going to put this game is already off uh, on a positive foot for me. Um, but the way that you can traverse uh, locales by uh, becoming a painting on the wall um, adds a three dimensionality to the space, which uh, totally reinvents it, right? Like, that. Uh, they're spaces that you remember, but now that you see through a totally different light and mean something different, uh, which is an incredible, remarkable thing. And I'm sure the experience is lesser for people who don't already love the game, but I don't think I am just having like a nostalgia reaction. I think I am having the intended reaction of here's a thing that you know, now I'm twisting it completely.
1: Yeah, and I think that's through throughout true throughout the entire game. When, you know, this was the first time in a very long time that you were able to choose the order that you wanted to do the dungeons. Absolutely. You know, it it introduced, um, is it Nabbit? Who's the, what's the the name of Uh, the... uh, uh, Ravi? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, like, runs the store. And, you know, you don't have to do temples in a specific order to get the item that completes that temple. You can, like, rent it or buy it with rupees. Um, low rule is really cool. Like the story is great. Uh, the story is uh, amazing. Uh, like just just to uh
0: kind of double down on that for a second. Um, that like uh that low rule is uh, a sort of dark reflection of high rule, and not just in a uh, light world, dark world kind of way, like in the original link to the past. Um, but in a way that is much more like meaningful, and that there are analogs for the three main characters in Zelda um, that f- like feature
1: into what you're doing in uh, just really amazing, meaningful ways. Well, I also think uh, you were saying earlier that you were already bought in a little bit because of your love for Link to the Past. I, For me, I think it was the opposite. I was a little more hesitant. Like when it was first revealed, it was kind of like what, uh, like you're excited since it's a new Zelda game, but it's like, why does it look like it looks? Yeah. You know, his name is, is Ravio, it... by the oh, way. Oh, Ravio. Ravio. Um, why does it look how it looks? Like the art style at first was a little off-putting. Yeah. You're like, is this just like playing in the world of Link to the Past? So initially I wasn't as like sold on it because I loved Link to the Past so much, but it totally, like my fears were so unfounded. Yeah you know like it's uh and it plays with 3D in a fun way. You're not really punished for not using it, but when you do turn it on for certain like palaces or temples, it it just looks really cool. Yeah.
0: Um and I it it's so interesting to think that like uh we put so much like emphasis on what like the the 3D Zelda is doing, you know, that like uh Breath of the Wild obviously goes in this conversation of best game of the decade um but like link between worlds i feel like is no less deserving of a spot on on this list mm-hmm. um and is just the, the 3DS is weird man like there's so many good experiences on there um and it uh i don't know it just it feels like a a quieter platform for whatever reason
1: okay so that leaves me i'm Debating between six games, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm uh, maybe. I mean, after this, I have another five games to mention. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, would it be weird if I tell you what the six games are and we kind of like hash it out together?
0: Sure. So, uh, and I, I, like I said, I have five more games. So, uh, you give your six, and then I will tell you which of those I have on my list of five, and we will just discuss
1: those. Okay. Say, okay. Um. So I have Super Mario Odyssey. As do I. Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo 3DS. Interesting. I, I chose Ultimate. but Okay. Yeah. Um, so just why I chose the 3DS version mm-hmm. is because, again, I had been kind of like, uh, I just hadn't been playing much Nintendo in those, like, gap years, basically. Um, but one game I did play a ton, and one game that got me through, like, jury duty was uh Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 3DS. And yes, uh obviously Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is such a remarkable achievement. Yeah. But having Smash Brothers on a handheld system for the first time was transcendent. Absolutely. Especially feeling like a fully formed, not compromised. It didn't you knew it was but it didn't feel like a compromised version of Smash.
0: Yeah. That is also the Smash game that I think I've gone the deepest on. Like that I you know, just for I feel like I was doing a lot of traveling that year, or something, um, or maybe it was just like one trip to Florida, which means you know a million hours on a plane, <laughs> right? Um, and like just being able to play that game, just like head down, unlocking characters, uh, making me characters, which I really got into for a while, um, and just like customizing them, and you know, uh, saving, uh, using like a, a amiibo to uh, like have to create
1: these, like, AI characters. This is super fun. So um, next on my list is Labo, Nintendo Labo. Oh, that is interesting. So I think the reason why... I think Labo is, again, a like, incredible achievement of engineering yeah. and design, um, and is, inc- like, most of the packs are super fun to put together. I think where Labo, for me, doesn't really make the grade yeah. is that, like, the experience of building something especially the first time, is so fun. Uh, And, like, it feels like a magic trick because you're, like, doing all these weird things. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when you put it all together, you're, like this can't possibly work oh my gosh it like really works yeah it, it is two magic tricks right
0: because the one magic trick is building something and you're like oh look it all came together and then the second magic trick
1: is by the way it does something in the game yeah which is incredible but I, uh but i think like the more you do labo like the less yeah um like once you know how the magic is done it's just like less remarkable and um, I think also for me, my experience with Labo was the fun was around building it. Yes, and then the software, I you know, like it never really grabbed me, and uh, I never like really got into like the lab part of it, like building my own stuff. And, yeah, like, all- the garage. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and I think all of that is very cool, and I love that like weird Nintendo exists and would come out with something like this. And we're just like, yes, this is, like, you're playing with cardboard, and at first you're like, what? And then you're like, this is amazing. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's really one of the best games of the decade, even uh, if it's one of the most interesting. Yeah.
0: I, I will also add that um, Well, I love putting together the Labos, uh, all-, all of the more complicated ones, the uh, the car, like steering wheel, the piano, all of them. As we approach the end, I become impatient. Oh, yeah. You're just like, come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're come like, on. I, get come I, on. Get I get it. I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. The, the way you present these instructions is real cute. Just uh, let's, just finish it. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but that's only like the last 10% of it. You know, <laughs> I'm having
1: fun up until that point. Uh, next on my list, I have Splatoon 2. Great. I love the world of Splatoon. Yes. Um, I It's another one where I'm just like, yes, Nintendo was like, we're making a, a third person shooter like, this weird squid thing. People are like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It comes out and everybody's like, this is amazing. Yeah.
0: it's It does, it, like, muscles its way into being charming, right? Yeah. Like, it should, I think we should hate it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, it's got that uh, so obnoxious, like, 90s Nickelodeon cool, but, like, it just does it with such authority and style that, like, it's undeniable. It's so fun and so cool. Yeah. So
1: that one, I like. I could really see a case for. Mm-hmm. Um. I also have Mario Kart Eight slash Deluxe. Yep. On here because I think it is the um like Mario Kart perfected. Yeah. I also have uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe on and, my list. And then I also have Animal Crossing New Leaf.
0: Oh boy. Um. So uh, do you want to talk about New Leaf a little bit? Or?
1: I think it again, just like uh, Mario Kart and. Uh, uh smash brothers ultimate is like animal crossing perfected to this point yeah i don't know i'm so interested in new horizons i think they are being smart to do something like kind of radically different like a completely new setting that was one of the things going from wild world on the ds to city folk on Wii. like city folk felt like just kind of like a like farty you know like elaboration (laughs) on wild world Mm -hmm. instead of something totally new which i think you kind of have to do for like the console version and so um but i think uh new horizons is a great step forward potentially and that new leaf is going to be like the perfected form of what old animal crossing was sure um so, uh, uh,
0: of of those you've that that's all six games. Yeah. Uh, so of those, I I had um Smash, uh, of one form or mm-hmm. another. I put Ultimate, but um Super Mario Odyssey and Mario Kart Eight Deluxe on my list. The other two games that I had on mine are um WarioWare Gold, um which you know I, I, again maybe suffers from being too late in the 3DS's life uh life cycle, um but has all of the WarioWare in it. Uh, do you want to play any of the WarioWare micro games you've ever played ever? They're all on this thing. <laughs> um, and has just so many different ways to interact with it. It can be touch, it can be tilt, it can be like traditional controls. Um, just a wonderful entry in the series. Um, and then of course, Super Mario 3D World mm, mm-hmm. on the Wii U. Um i do, i mean is there like a, a jar i need to put a coin in now <laughs> uh because I, i've mentioned this game and uh sing its praises uh, h- highly enough um uh, just an incredible single player experience an incredible multiplayer experience um i don't know that i've laughed harder playing a video game than uh sarah and i trying to uh like get up to some platform somewhere um and like just taking turns, like, jumping off of each other while, like, in the air. Um, And, you know, we're just, like, laughing hysterically. And at one point, out of my mouth tumbled the phrase, get a load of these idiots, like, referring to the characters on the screen that we were controlling. (laughs) And I just, it's just pure joy for me um, in both like uh, the silly way and in the feeling like you accomplished something uh, through playing a game uh, kind of way. And just as I would kill for a uh, Super Mario Galaxy 3, I would similarly kill for another Super Mario 3D style game. Um, okay, so what does that mean is our 10th entry here? Or do we just make it 12 and put uh, odyssey cart and smash on there mm, um or do we take smash yeah. off because we can't decide on which one which version
1: yes let's do ourselves that small mercy <laughs> and <laughs> remove smash brothers from consideration don't we have don't we have room for you to choose one more and me to choose one more we have nine right now
0: oh. we have uh galaxy 2 rhythm heaven fever fire emblem awakening fire emblem three houses nes remix all of them. Uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, Breath of the Wild, and A Link Between Worlds.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Um, I think my vote is Mario Kart 8 uh, slash okay. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, I
0: will back that play, um, but quickly let's talk about Super Mario
1: Odyssey mm-hmm. um, and uh, why it may be ends up not being on the list so super mario odyssey for me is a game that i learned to love but initially like admired it for its craft but had a hard time like really getting into sure and i think part of that was just the mistake in the way that i played it which was like i would go as i was ex- discovering the kingdoms i would try to like get as close to 100 percent as i could in each kingdom which is the r- not to tell you that there's a wrong way to play the game, but that's the wrong but way that's to play the, the game. wrong way to play the game, yeah, like you should definitely go through, all the way through the story and then come back um it has the highs are so high, uh but it just wasn't like consistent enough for me to uh like really love it yeah well
0: for me, one of the reasons that I don't have it like in my like solid top five is that um. It's uh, it's an amazing game, obviously, and the worlds are huge and expansive and glorious, but one of the things that I enjoy doing in it most is just making Mario run around. I love making Mario run and jump, and part of that is because he loves it so much. Uh, he'll shout and laugh and uh, just have the best time, uh, and I feel that immediately, um, but I feel that more in Galaxy. Um, you know, he's just Frequently unrestrained by gravity um, and is just flying through space and beautiful and wonderful uh, in-, in Galaxy in a way that he is, uh, you know, more often hampered by uh, the environment in in Odyssey. Again, I love that, g- love, love that game.
1: Yeah, it-, it does so many great, like, it's such a love letter to Mario. Yeah, the music is amazing mm-hmm. um and surprising like what i love about odyssey is like how surprising it is it is a love letter to mario but it is not a slave to mario's yes. past like it does such interesting things like um uh like you go to that hyper realistic area with the dragon yeah you know and it's just like a one-off <laughs> or um you know koji kondo is he's not writing the more traditional mario themes he's writing. Uh, the um steam gardens theme right with like yeah you know like it's like everybody having fun the costume mechanic is amazing yep uh so it is a great game but yeah for whatever reason it it just isn't like uh consistently my favorite um
0: so one thing that i just just to recap our list right now our uh 10 best nintendo games of the decade are super mario galaxy 2 Rhythm Heaven Fever, Fire Emblem Awakening, Fire Emblem Three Houses, NES Remix, Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker, Breath of the Wild, Link Between Worlds, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe slash Mario Kart 8. Um, so one thing I did want to point out uh, from uh, just like going through and making these lists is that I feel like there's not huge variety um, in the uh, franchises or like types of games that like clearly rise to the top as um, like the best Nintendo games. Um, Like it's a little bit weird that, uh, you know, like I mentioned a Metroid game as like a runner up. um, But like, I would never try to make an argument for that being one of the best of the decade. There's no Star Fox on here. Um, There are, you know, I, I, I just, I, I feel like Nintendo for the last decade has been leaning as they kind of always are uh, pretty heavily on putting their quality behind Mario and Zelda. That's interesting. I
1: think. For, and fire Emblem. <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. Yeah. Like I, I think for sure that is like their core competencies that they have been perfecting for over 30 years now. Um, It is in their blood. Yeah. And so I, it doesn't surprise me that that's like the list. Um, That's like the cream that would rise to the top. But you know, uh, you say that, but uh, by the same token, a lot of like our runners up were like bold experiments yeah. that paid off for Nintendo. But I, I, I think it makes sense that those aren't going to be like our games of the decade because they don't have that thirty years of history. Sure, it. with maybe the exception of Fire Emblem, which I think makes sense for us in the sense that um, they, I mean, you know, like Rhythm Heaven is in here too, and yeah. the NES Remix. But uh, I think like Fire Emblem is the one where it's like, oh uh I think everybody has kind of discovered Fire Emblem in the past ten years. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, totally.
0: Um but it it is uh still like uh one of the things that I you know I notice as we're going through this list is that obviously th- we didn't put any of the um like Paper Mario games in mm-hmm. here. Um and just that you know while Nintendo isn't not making um RPGs um uh, we're not y- you and I aren't invested in them. You know what I mean? Totally. And like by our rules of published by Nintendo, we could put Octopath Traveler in here. We could have technically put uh, Dragon Quest Eleven in here, or like Xenoblade, or Xenoblade, or anything like that. But uh, like, I, I
1: did, I did come very close to putting in Dragon Quest Nine on here, except it was published in two thousand nine, oh, so it didn't count. Ah dang. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, I mean, like that, and that's they're also well, those are published by Nintendo. They are not. They, they feel even less developed by Nintendo than, um, you know, like Xenoblade uh, or, you know, uh, whatever. Else. Like the, uh, the Fire Emblem games are developed by Intelligent
1: Systems, which is owned by Nintendo, um, but it feels like just slightly less like in-house. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I also think we are just seeing like a narrowing of focus as like games become more complex and Nintendo is dedicated to like this like HD development. Yeah. Um. One of the things that hampered Nintendo in the Wii U era that other companies, like, uh, especially J- Japanese developers, they went through that teething process in the generation was before, was the switch to HD development, which yeah. is so resource intensive, like the teams get so big. And, you know, it's one of the reasons that in the previous generation, in the PS3 generation, you know, there was all those questions about like, is Japan's dominance in game over with? Because there were uh companies struggled so much with the change and nintendo struggled with that change and i think we're continuing to see the effects of that in the sense that like yeah intelligent systems they're probably just going to make fire emblem games because you know they're not big enough to do it all anymore
0: yeah yeah totally um i also think uh, another thing that is uh very interesting to me um is that the wii u for being as uh derided of a piece of hardware as it is um you know, houses a number of the games that are on this list: uh, NES Remix, Dunk Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, and Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. All from like our our final list here, um, uh, up here in the, the the top ten in my backup, um, Super Mario 3D World, um, and then Super Mario Maker as well. Um, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And Mario Kart Eight obviously uh, started there too, right? Um, so like and, like
1: Splatoon, the Genesis, yeah, absolute, like all that kind of stuff. And, like
0: it, it is crazy to me how many absolute bangers were on the Wii U, and like it just couldn't catch a break. Um, the hardware was just a little too like clumsy, and you know, people, third parties weren't developing for it. Um, so like, yeah, it's it's one of those things that is, it, like, it's just so weird to me.
1: Uh, that this machine that everyone hates had so many good games. Well, especially because, like, the Switch would not exist without the Wii U. Like, they had to take their lumps for those, like, five years or whatever.
0: Yeah. And just quietly making all of these games and inventing new franchises like Mario Maker and Splatoon uh, on a platform that no one was paying attention to so that when they launched the Switch, they're like, Oh, by the way, yeah. here's all this amazing stuff that no one knew was here. Yeah. Okay, uh, we've put it off long enough. We have to determine which one of these 10 games is our Nintendo Game of the Decade. Mark, do you want to be boring? Because I have a boring answer (laughs) that is hard to argue against.
1: Uh, Let's hear it. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it is hard to argue against Breath of the Wild. Um, (laughs) The the only other one that for me personally uh, could... Maybe take it is Galaxy Two.
0: Oh, that was exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah.
1: Uh. Okay. So yes.
0: Um, Super Mario Galaxy Two is just uh, it's pure joy. Uh, every second that you're engaged in it is active hyper joy, and I don't think that is true of Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild is more subtle than that, and therefore, like a more effective artistic statement i think
1: um but there's something to be said for being happy all the time (laughs) (laughs) right i know and uh i think you know uh very early in the run of this podcast we named breath of the wild like the best zelda game of all time and at definitively yeah definitively and when we and i think that list still holds um even after our uh like Hundred fiftieth episode when we or something yeah when we undefinitived some of our lists um and at the time we were like oh is this like recency bias but I think obviously like it has held up um it, but it's too early to say I have said it like we've all said it before but it is too early to say like oh this is like the new foundation in the same way that Ocarina of Time was yeah um but it feels that way whereas like. Galaxy 2 feels like uh, like the period on something. Like, it feels like mm-hmm. the end. Uh, and so it's... Well, and
0: especially, I mean, having now the 10 years since then that we see that it is a period, right? We right. see that that was the last statement on that sort of gravity-bending, course-based Mario
1: that stopped there. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, which one... D- do you reward almost right yeah. like the perfection of something or the beginning like the exciting like beginning of something new i will also say that um well i was able to look
0: past it pretty quick playing this morning the standard definition on uh super mario galaxy 2 is a bummer <laughs> in 2020 uh that you know it's uh... I would just love to see it uh, in, like, glorious
1: HD. Man, it would be wonderful. So, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think, for me, Breath of the Wild is my choice. I love all of these games Mm -hmm. dearly, um, but it's just really hard to argue against, like, all the surprises that Breath of the Wild, like, provided.
0: Breath of the Wild is also one of those games where... Um, you know, we, we get uh, uh, friend requests on our Switches um, from people listening to the show. Thank you to everyone who does. I, I love seeing what games people are playing and, and um all, all that stuff. And so,
1: you can find our friend codes mm-hmm. in uh, the episode description of all of our episodes. And
0: one of the things that I think is an amazing commonality is how many people have uh, played Breath of the Wild um, and that everyone who does has over 100 hours logged in it. Like. It is not a game that you can play part way. Like, it just, it grabs you and it, like, takes you on this amazing adventure through a world that you, like, can't stop exploring. And I love that
1: everybody's experience is different. Absolutely. Like, it's not possible for you to have, like, the same experience as somebody else.
0: Right. And, you know, in the early days when it was like, well, where did you go first? You fought, like, a giant sandworm? I can't tell you how far into that game I was before I even encountered
1: one of those things.
0: Or before,
1: I, when I knew that there was, like, a, like a horse a deity yeah,
0: yeah, and like you know, discovering how to like hunt dragons and like all of that stuff. Um, I mean the the discovery period for that game, as we were all doing it at the same time, was uh, amazing. And maybe that's even one of the things, uh, that will make the game not hold up in the future. That like it will have been mapped by uh you know mm-hmm. websites and walkthroughs, uh, and not everyone is uh finding it all at the same time. Um, but man for uh you know march of 2017 was an amazing time to experience that game all right uh so we talked for an hour and we came to the most (laughs) boring obvious conclusion that the legend of zelda breath of the wild is the best game of the decade mark would you like to close out this segment yes But of course, that's just our obvious and boring conclusion. I would love to hear your obvious and boring conclusions. Uh, so you can email us and let us know what games we might have missed, or if there's something that we weren't giving enough credit to, or if we should just shut up about Breath of the Wild already. <laughs> uh, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. gmail.com and let us know. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Um, and if you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. That kind of thing helps us out tremendously. Um, on Twitter, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at NIN Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to dot com or by listening right now. For my co host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers reminding you that Rusty's Real Deal Baseball also came out this decade and we didn't talk about it. And it's a crime. And saying thank you for listening.
1: Hi, I'm Hallie Labonte from Mega the Podcast. I'm a weekend producer at Twin Hills, a fictional mega church in Broad Ripple, Indiana, and I'm Gray Haas, I'm the youth pastor of our church's teen ministry called Climax. On every episode of Mega the podcast, we improvise with a new guest comedian playing a different character from our community. Tune in and hear episodes with guests like Cecily Strong. How would you me off for? Sorry, am I allowed to say that? I don't know. You know what? Uh, it's what, what, covered what? in the blood. Rory Scovel. Uh, yeah, I said, hey, we could build houses, or we could uh, we could build our faith. In Christ, out on a golf course. Eliza Coop. The way I plow the snow yeah. is uh, I'm not doing it by any other guidance except from from God. And Scott adds it.
0: Physics is the proof of God. Uh, wow. Because it's perfect.
1: Oh. Uh, well, Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. We couldn't think of
0: physics. Right. Only he could think of physics. Isn't that right? We're on Campfire Media. Listen to Mega wherever
1: you find podcasts. <laughs> Campfire